Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I am your host, Natalina. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is an honor to be here. You know what? I want to jump straight into our podcast because I'm incredibly excited to speak with Rianne Milne. And she's going to be talking with us today about how our past, our childhood, or any trauma that we have with love, how it impacts you today in life and in love. This is definitely a topic that we can all learn from. Rihanna talks with us about the 10 childhood traumas, how it can show up today in your relationships, jealousy, control, people pleasing, and why it shows up, and other ways that we can start to become emotionally healthy and involve, evolve in our relationships. She's a number one bestseller with Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve, something that we all want. This is an incredible and informative show today with Rihanna, so rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Rihanna, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. It is such an honor to have you on our show today. Thank you, Nana. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. We always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the great work that you're doing today. Sure. I mean, since year 2000, I've been a uh, licensed mental health counselor and certified uh, professional counselor up in New Jersey and then in Palm Beach County of Florida, 2009 and 10. I really love the coaching model. I'm not a typical therapist. Um, so I got certified as a life and love coach for both singles and couples through RCI, Relationship Coaching Institute. From there, moved on to become a certified clinical trauma professional. And I also worked in the schools with grades kindergarten all the way through college as ACC counselor, SAC, which is a student assistance counselor. I worked with the kids that felt different, um, might have been labeled ADHD or oppositional defiant, uh, kids that were bullied or did bullying. So I've been working around trauma since uh, about 20 years. I also worked with a hospital system um, in an adolescent and child unit where there were suicides, uh, ideation, cutting, um, you know, drug and alcohol abuse, risky behaviors. And just looking at the childhood traumas from the experience of being the, the counselor or coach for many people with it, um, I also combine that with the situation of what happened to me in a marriage with someone I love very much that um, had a secret life. I call that a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality type. And um, we were so in love. We had three marriages in three different locations. And uh, within five months, it was uncovered. He had an entire secret life, which was devastating to me. But I empowered myself and stood up as my own attorney able to win an annulment, which is very rare. And um, at that point from healing, I started doing the research to discover what was it that he had. And as he was leaving my home, he said, I don't know what's the matter with me. I ruined everything that I love. And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. Because in me getting a triple master's in applied clinical and counseling psychology, they did not cover any of this. 
So it was my own journey for my own healing. And then after that, I realized this applied to so many of my therapy and coaching clients that I made a whole coaching program around this for singles and couples to deal with past unconscious um, effects, uh, toxic and dysfunctional behavioral patterns around childhood or love trauma. So, so that's the story. Yeah, I, I, and that's I, that's. Thank you for sharing because I usually ask, sure. you know, what is the journey behind getting into your specific field? Because I would say a small percentage of people, you know, naturally get into something that they've thought about since they were a child, right? The majority of us, our life kind of leads us into our new path. So, um, it, it sounds like with you specifically that you already doing some work with you know, therapy and psychology. Yeah, I always wanted to be a counselor. Right. Even as a teenage girl, I read teen magazine because I was doing a lot of modeling and psychology today as at 14 years old, 15. So I was always fascinated how people worked and how they think and what they do. So I knew I wanted to be a counselor and an author. Uh, also have a television and radio um, background. Uh, my first degree from Penn State is in broadcasting. So combining those efforts was a big part of that goal. Right. Absolutely. And and then obviously doing the additional work based off of your your you know new experiences. So this is a really uh, I, I, fascinating, but also needed, and in my opinion, urgent topic for today, where we are as society. Mm-hmm. Because, um, in my personal opinion, humanity is suffering and we are in crisis mode. And I think a lot of it comes down to self-love and our past and not being able to possibly cope through some of the things that we've been through. And, you know, everything that we are today and, and how we act today is usually a byproduct of what has happened in our past. And I think that sometimes as a society, we get scared to say that because we never want to play the victim mode. But the reality is, is that the experiences that we've gone through have affected us. And so many of us are afraid to do the inner work and to do the the deep dive to cleanse that and to get that out of the way so that we can function at a higher level and really be able to not only give love, but receive love properly, which is what we need. Mm -hmm. We all need love. So I'd love for you as the expert to talk to us a little bit about that. I know that you do, you know, a lot of work with trauma and what that looks like in the past and how that affects us today. And trauma can mean so many different things. So I'd love for you to kind of shed your expertise on that. Sure. Well, I developed a childhood trauma checklist from my many years of experience with what I saw and plus what I experienced. So I'll go through with your listeners what those 10 traumas are. And the research from the Kaiser Permanente Group out of San Diego did a correlation study with over 17,000 people of how childhood trauma, which they call adverse childhood events, or the ACE test, shows that one to three people have at least 10 of theirs. Um, and that's you know, 90% of adults have at least one to three of these. Now, my checklist is different than theirs uh, based on what I saw really being in the trenches with trauma and also working um, as a love coach, right? So their study has nothing to do with love. Their correlation is childhood adverse events with health in later life. And uh, people that have had trauma and have not healed it get sicker earlier 
in life. And we're talking fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, um, even heart attacks, uh, Alzheimer's, diabetes, all the diseases come earlier for people that have had years of stress and trauma that has not been healed. So um, my study is primarily around love and relationships. So it's very different, yet the same. Okay, so as I'm going through the list, I do advise the listeners to get a pen and paper because I'm going to offer a way that you guys can meet with me at the end. Um, But I always want to know how many of these traumas do you think you have experienced? And as we're going through the list, I really really want you to think that this is not about shame or blame, nothing to feel ashamed about. You were a child in your environment. Uh, These items happened to you. Um, And I don't want to say victim. It's just the way it was. We're looking at it as a fact. Did these happen or did they not? And it's not about blame of your parents either, because the Kaiser study shows as do others that childhood trauma does definitely go through the generations. And the only way to put a stop to it is really doing the conscious mindset work around stopping the behaviors that come out because of it. Okay, so the the 10 traumas are, number one, as a child, did either of your parents or caretakers have any form of addiction? Now, Kaiser only mentions drug and alcohol. I am also a a licensed certified drug drug and alcohol counselor. So there's many more addictions, and these are the ones I name. Drugs, alcohol, sex means chronic cheating, porn, gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, workaholism. So any type of addiction that you might have been exposed to. Second is verbal abuse. They mention a lot being a witness to domestic violence and yelling between the parents. I also saw in my kids traumas around parents not talking to you when they're mad at you, Mm -hmm. not saying I love you, not giving compliments or verbal accolades like cheering you on um, or you're hearing statements of put down being told you're not good enough or your opinion doesn't matter. Or, of course, you being yelled at or you being in a toxic environment where your parents were yelling a lot. Those are all my examples of verbal abuse. Number three is emotional abuse or neglect. Um, Again, there is also emotional abandonment where families are very cold and unloving. And that's one that I would add to that category. Okay. Next is physical abuse, um, any type of beatings. Um, and sexual abuse or molestation with those two could have happened inside or outside of the home. Just if they occurred, um, those are, you know, another one of the categories. Next is abandonment. And there's fault and no fault abandonment. And this category was not in the Kaiser study at all. So abandonment that I have seen is um, there's two types, fault and no-fault abandonment. So a no-fault abandonment would be if a parent dies early, if a parent goes off to war, or if a parent is away from the home the majority of the time with their job. It's not their fault because this is how they're supporting the family. Now, that was one of my cases. I remember looking back in my childhood always asking, when's daddy coming home? And we did not know until much later in his life as he was dying with cancer, we got letters from the FBI and CIA asking, you know, thanking him for his many years of service. So my dad was like James Bond, but my mom's were all, I don't know where he is, all pissed off. And that was always a dynamic in our house. 
Um, so there is a, that form of abandonment. You know, the child's asking, is my parents okay? Where are they? Um, so a fault abandonment is a parent never choosing to be in your life. A parent that might have been married and left the home, let's say if the father left the family home and does not choose to see the kids or is very irregular in seeing the kids that they can't be counted on, um, you know, those are forms of fault abandonment. Okay, next is if you were adopted, part of foster care or needed to live with other relatives, your parents for some reason could not take care of you in a major family home. Next is personal trauma. I found this to be usually one of the three going on for most people. And that could be not the feeling of not being worthy enough, not good enough. You felt different as a kid. You didn't fit in in school. You might have been a little overweight or underweight or had a medical condition like asthma or diagnosed with ADHD in school. For some reason, you just didn't feel like part of the cool kids, you know, and you struggled around that. Um, that's a very popular one. Next one, number eight, is sibling trauma. And this is if um, your sibling bullied you. They were born with a medical condition and therefore demanded most of your parents' time and attention. Or the most popular choice of this one is that you perceive them to be the golden child, the one that your parents favored or liked the most. So it could have been around... They were a better athlete or more handsome or beautiful or the better student. For some reason, they got more of the accolades, compliments, and attention. The next one, I put two categories here, um, family trauma and community trauma. Family trauma is if a parent was incarcerated. That is also in the Kaiser study. Um, I also included if parents move a lot, like our military families move every two to four years in the U.S., that creates the kids going to different schools all the time. Um, if you remember growing up in lack or poverty or a dangerous neighborhood, these are all things that affect the family. A community trauma would be suffering with our mass shootings, our school shootings, um, losing your home by flood, fire, hurricane, volcanoes, tornadoes. Mother Nature has really been very difficult in the past years as we experience our global warming. And it's only sure to get worse. So, of course, these Mother Nature events are tough for adults to handle. Can you imagine the fear when little children experience them. And then number 10 is mental health and mom or dad. Uh, a lot of times for us baby boomers, they weren't diagnosed. They didn't go to counseling. But if you saw your parents, the most popular was bipolar or borderline. Borderline is fast trigger anger. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid. And you never know what they're going to get. These parents would lose their temper over the littlest thing. And then they can be really fun and crazy at other times. And it's very hard for a child to navigate those moods leaving them very anxious. And then the other one, bipolar, is manic depressive. Depression can show up as anger, checking out emotionally, um, or extreme fatigue, manic. Sometimes it can be high and happy, but it's often around a spree, like a gambling spree, eating spree, shopping spree, something like that. So those are the 10 traumas. And then there's about 24 different combinations of how they show up once you're an adult, in a life uh, situation or love relationship. Wow. So 
a couple questions for you. What would you say is the age that a child, I guess, no longer is affected by these things? Let's say maybe some of these situations happened at, in the latter part of their year, like 18 Okay, or well, let's 19. reverse that. It, it starts occurring from birth inside the womb of a very anxious mother okay. or upset mother all the way until like age 22. Okay, okay. So, um, you know, the first 11 years form the personality, zero, birth to 11. And by 12, 13, 14, you really have developed several coping mechanisms to help you get by. Okay. For an example, like an adult male, let's say he's lying all the time, especially around things he doesn't even have to lie about. Why do you lie all the time would be a question that he hears. Or as your partner, you're saying, why are you lying all the time? The reason is, as a child, he might have been beaten. So he had a 50-50 chance of getting out of the beating if he could come up with a better story or talk his way out of it or charm his way out of it. Um, So he learned it as a coping mechanism, and then it just became normalized as an adult, just as something that he normally does. And that is, you know, if they were afraid of being punished, normally that's where that comes from. And then my other question to you is, is how do we, I guess, recognize if we are affected by these things, right? Because some of us might say, well, I had a little bit of that, but I don't think it affected me, but it could, it could be, you know, we just, uh, you know, I guess that's part of the process is recognizing, you know, if it is or not. Yeah, this is the work I do. Remember, the the studies show nine out of ten of us have at least one to three of these. So the majority of people have something. Now, I also had a rating scale of one to ten, ten being the most severe. So there could have been like somebody who was molested, that's a three, but somebody raped um, constantly throughout their life by their father, that's a 10, right? right so right. What, what we, I do the severity levels when people come to me, but I see where they're struggling as an adult in life and love. So very often my, my normal and ideal client is women who are very successful in business, but struggle in love and can't figure out why. That dynamic from their childhood was a very heavy in number seven and often number two. Verbal abuse, never hearing compliments, never feeling good enough. Mom and dad didn't encourage them. Uh, so they went to school and they found love maybe from their teachers or getting good grades could stop the toxic behavior inside the household. So it was part of a coping mechanism. But they learned to raise their level of self-esteem and confidence by performance in school. So they became smart and they got good grades and then they go on and do well in career. But the dynamics around love and the relationships between mom and dad was never healed. So these are the people, the women that might be falling for men that are charming, but not as accomplished as them, or they're sociopathic. They end up with a sociopathic person who uses people for pleasure or profit. You know, so a lot of women who I've been with have had very toxic, abusive marriages where they have used these women financially um, to hurt them or just to use them to improve their lifestyle. And the men are floundering and the women are like, well, how did I end up with a guy like this? Okay, but for some reason, it fed their needs early on in the relationship to feel love that they did not get from their family or origin. So 
everybody is a different puzzle. So when somebody comes to me and wants to meet with me, which I do is called a life and love uh, transformation discovery session. I ask them what traumas do they have? And then I decipher how severe they were and what's coming up in their relationships. So let's say a woman is, has, is great on the job, but she tends to control her partner. Well, that woman doesn't feel good enough in the love relationship. No, or if a man's controlling his woman, he doesn't have enough control in his own life and is trying to bring the successful woman down to his lower level of success. So he feels some elements of control. Jealousy is also a part where a woman can be very confident on the job, but jealous in her relationship or lack of trust because maybe the father was someone that went out on, on the marriage, was a constant cheater, so she lacks trust from the man that she was supposed to love first because she witnessed you know this behavior so it's all like it's a lot of different puzzle pieces that i am putting together and once we find out what unconsciously is coming up for my client i'd see women men younger older um singles couples straight and lgbt because Trauma has no prejudice, right? right? But of course, the sooner you can diagnose this and heal from this, the better your life is. Now, I just did a uh, my podcast interview um, with Scott, my client from Radical Dating, Finding Lasting Love Over 40, who both had childhood and partner trauma. His partner of eight years was killed in a car accident, so the man that he loved was torn from his life suddenly. So he suffered from both. And, you know, he was saying, my life has totally changed, Rihanna, since your coaching. I am confident. I look at everything consciously. I don't act out impulsively. I'm not using sarcasm to get people to laugh and like me anymore. You know, which was a childhood behavioral pattern that he was using as an adult. And it was ruining him in his career and with his friendships. Mm. You know, that was a, the class clown is a coping mechanism to have people like you, right. you know, or get some attention that you're not getting at home. So, you know, once we dissect everything, what's happening, what's coming up, what's going on in your life, he goes, my life has totally changed. And he was so happy because he had just gotten married, you know, so he was not only the first one to date on the show, the first one to have a long-term love relationship of over two years, and now he's married, you know, to his love. So, you know, I mean, this program, it works. So anyone's like saying, oh my God, yes, I have high anxiety. Yes, I have the same type of toxic partner over and over again. I keep thinking next time it's going to be different and it's not, and they can't figure out why. This is the reasoning. Okay. And and then this really makes sense. You know, I, I want to just flip the table really fast. We're wrapping up here with the episode, but you've given us so much great information, but I also want to look at the other side of it and ask you, what does, you know, emotional health look like? You know, somebody that really knows how to love and understands love because they come from love. What does right. that look like? Well, my research went into uh, not only my course, but my book, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. And the first part identifies people who have toxic behaviors that could break your heart, toxic personality types like the sociopath, the psychopath, the, the chronic cheater, 
and so on, and where that comes from. And then section four is what does emotionally healthy, evolved, and conscious relationship look like? So there's a lot of tips in there, um, just a few. You know, um, the relationship has great balance. I call them balanced triangles, equilateral sides of me, you, and us. So you each have a life that you love as singles, and you make the time for us as well. And um, you make sure that you're, you're still dating and having quality time and a lot of joy and fun in your life. Your, another one is your top five to six requirements are met. Now, requirements are deal breakers. So if I'm working with someone who's 30 and she's saying, Rihanna, I definitely want marriage and a family. I can't find a, a decent guy who wants the same as me. So the way she goes out, that's a requirement for her. That's one question she's going to ask on the first date. So do you see yourself as a man that wants marriage and kids? And either they're definitely they do or they definitely they don't. And if it's wishy-washy, well, maybe if the, the girl wants it, then I guess I'll have kids. That's a no answer, you mm. know, because you want a man that, like I have a client right now, he's like, I definitely want marriage and, and children. You know, and he's a successful businessman and he wants a quality woman and he can't find her. But he had a lot of trauma in his childhood where he didn't feel good enough. The father was, I would call a tyrant, you know, so his self-esteem is low. So we're working around that. But he really is the whole package. He just doesn't see himself as that yet. You know, so we're working with that. So you are first a great, successful single as you're going out to date to find that partner. You know, who you are is what you will attract and you won't settle, you know, and we have a saying, we'd rather be single than settle until we find that person. And then when couples come in, we have to do a diagnosis of both their childhood traumas and how they're playing out in this coupled relationship. And then we have to teach them a whole new way of communicating when they are emotionally triggered and they come up. So communication is really key instead of going round and round with blame and shame and you did this and bringing up stuff from the past, which keeps a relationship toxic. You really become proactive when something comes up and not reactive anymore. Mm. So there's so much you learn between requirements, wants, needs, Um, and when you both are learning them, it's a whole different, wonderful relationship that emerges and it sticks because you're, you're both learning why these toxic things are coming up to begin with. Then you're both individually fixing them with me. And then as a couple, you're learning to process them. If something comes up, you're not taking it personally anymore. You see, you're saying, oh, okay, this came up for him because he's sensitive around not feeling wanted because his mother might've left the family. You know, and this is a male being married to a woman. So, you know, it's all, it's so different, you know, for each person. Absolutely. Well, I love that. And I thank you for addressing that because I think it's good to hear both sides. Rihanna, it's been really a pleasure to talk with you. We can dive into this a lot more and and I definitely would love to have you back as a guest, but I'd love to jump into, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to jump into the power section um, and ask you just sure. a few questions to learn more about you. What's one book that you've read recently that's had an impact on you that you would recommend to us? 
Well, I'm reading all the time. I've written seven books, so I'm very much into reading, and it's always self-help books. Um, but the the one I've recently read and will always read is uh, anything from Science of the Mind, Ernest Holmes, because my course is spiritually based, and it's all about the mindset for success. Mm. And um, that writing is how I speak, how I coach, how I teach. I've been studying the Course of Miracles, Spirituality, Science of Mind, um, Deepak Chopra, Buddhism. So it's a spiritual mix. And I've been studying that since my late teens. I love that. And what's one quote that you live by? Something that constantly kind of follows you is your daily mantra. Yeah, I set this mantra young when I opened up my model and talent school when I was 26. It's called Help Yourself by Helping Others. So everything that I do has some kind of a charity or giving back, like my books, Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams. There, you know, one is given money to uh, victims of domestic violence and Live Beyond Your Dreams. My co-author is my daughter, Alexi Panos, and I give towards her water well projects in Africa um, because it really helps you feel good about who you are as a human being. So you're helping others and that raises your own self-esteem and sense of awareness of, of being important in the world. Absolutely. And if you can leave the world with one final message, we call it your golden nugget, what would it be? Mm-hmm. I say this on everything. And when I end my podcast lessons in life and love, I always say this, it's time to create the life you desire and have the love that you deserve. Mm. And I, tr- I say, don't wait. Life is too short. If you're suffering from any of this, get help now because it will last for the rest of your life. You will change your life forever. Absolutely. It's fascinating. And last mm-hmm. two questions. How do we stay connected to you and support you? Because you're doing some great work, and I'm sure there's people out there that, that want to learn more and possibly get a chance to work with you as well. Sure. Um, for my postings, uh, Coach Rihanna Milne on Facebook, I list everything that I'm doing. My website gives several free gifts, and that is my name, RihannaMilne.com, and you can get free te- love tests there and free chapters from my books, Live in Love Beyond Your Dreams. And also you're there, you could sign up for a one-time offer, $47 Life and Love Discovery Session with me. It's usually a $500 value, so it's only $47 to meet with me. And we go very deep into this for an hour. So I work with you one-on-one to, to get some clarity about why you're struggling in either life or love. And then also um, I have a great ebook that goes into this topic deeper, and that's at havetheloveyoudeserve.com. So feel free to download any of those freebies. I have an app. It's Lessons in Life and Love on the go. And that will get you my YouTube videos and my podcast. So I'm out there. Even on Alexa, you can hear me. <laughs> Daily Lessons in Life and Love if you have an Alexa. I love that. That's so. awesome. Thank you. And lastly, mm-hmm. to wrap up the interview, we always love to ask what comes to mind for you when you hear the phrase rise up for you, which as you know is the company brand, the podcast, and what does that mean for mm-hmm. you when you hear that phrase? For me, it's your your journey never ends. You're always learning and growing to become your very best self, right? Which we call being evolved. So you always want to keep growing to be the best that you can be, the most evolved conscious self, always setting goals and learning and constantly growing to motivate yourself in both love and, you know, in life and your love relationships. 
Wow. I love that. I love that explanation. It's been such an honor to have you, Rihanna. Thank you so much. And we look forward to speaking with you again. Of course. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.